started talking about the gifts of the Spirit and uh, we're just going to continue and spend time on that in the day, in the weeks to come as we explore each gift and uh, try to understand these gifts, spiritual gifts. You know, one of the things that we really believe is that Sunday mornings are our equipping time. Sunday mornings is, a, is probably the only time when the whole church gathers together when everybody comes together uh, for worship and prayer. And so we really want to make it a time of equipping. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe some of us just, you know, uh, you know, we got saved. We got maybe filled with the Holy Spirit, become members of the church and committed members and read our Bibles. We pray. We go to church once a week. Uh, but then you come on Sunday to all people's church and we keep pushing you. I know, stretching the spirit and pray and prophesy and all of that. And you say, oh, that's too much for me. But really, that's where we have to go. Amen? We have to move into higher realms in the spirit, higher realms in the word, higher realms in the things of God. We cannot stay where we are. We should not stay where we are. Amen? So uh, when you come here on Sunday mornings, we're going to push you uh, a little up in the spirit and cause you to stretch a bit and so on. And uh, understand it's good for all of us. Because when you are equipped here on Sunday morning, Monday through Saturday, and any other day you wish, you can do much damage to the enemy's kingdom. Amen? That's the whole idea. And you get equipped here, and Monday through Saturday when you're out in the world, you're, you're advancing the kingdom of God with all that you've received. So uh, that's, our, that's the way we work, and that's what we're doing. So understand that all those Sunday mornings may be a little intense, it may be a little push in the spirit. It's on purpose. It's to equip all of us to be movers and shakers for the kingdom of God in this world. I want to quickly review what uh, we did a couple, two Sundays ago as we talk, began our study on spiritual gifts. Uh, we, we understand that the New Testament teaches us uh, about three categories of spiritual gifts. Uh, now, I'm going to try to go as slow as possible. In case you're not able to write everything down, do not worry. The outlines are up on our website. Uh, now we've started putting our MP3 files. The audio recordings of our Sunday sermons are also available on the website. You can just go and listen to it as many times as you want. Until it, you can just preach the same thing with your eyes closed. <laughs> so it's all the resources are there. You can make use of it. So don't be afraid if you cannot write everything down. Uh, there are membership gifts. Meaning gifts that are given to every believer. This is for us in Romans 12. 6 through 11, 6 through 9, membership gifts, gifts given to every believer to help each one of us fulfill our function in the body of Christ. So you're part of the body, you're a member in the body of Christ, there are gifts given to you. You may be a musician, you have gifts along that line, you may be a, a businessman, you may be a leader, you may be a teacher, you may be a, a social worker, you have a heart of compassion, whatever. There are gifts that every person has. So look at your neighbor and say, you're very gifted. Alright, so every believer, every child of God has been gifted one or more gifts to help them fulfill their function, the membership in the body of Christ. Then there are ministry gifts or uh, ministry offices, which is given to us in Ephesians 4, 11. There are five of these, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. These five ministry gifts or offices are in the body. There are apostles on the earth. There are prophets on the earth. Because Christ set them in the church, and we don't find anywhere that he decided to take them out. Amen? So these offices are in the body today, very much present and functioning in the body today. Some of us are called into that ministry gifts. And then there are the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. We talked about the, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And uh, 
this is what we want to study about, the gifts of the Spirit. This is what we want to learn and train ourselves and equip ourselves in it and go out and manifest the gifts of the Spirit. So there are nine of these gifts. Uh, we kind of, you know, nicely broke them down into three categories. There are the, the uh, revelation gifts, gifts that reveal something. Uh, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning spirits. Then there are the vocal gifts, gifts that say something, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And there are power gifts, gifts that do something. Faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. And this is just a, a classification that we've done. It's not done by God. Amen? He just gave us all these gifts. And we just put them in nice categories to help us understand it. Uh, just to quickly review, we said that these gifts of the Spirit are given to all believers. Every believer can manifest the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, every, every believer can manifest all nine of these gifts. Uh, we are to desire these gifts. That means, no, don't just hear about it and do, and do nothing. We're to desire them. Desire for the gifts. All of us must have a zeal, a passion, a desire for these gifts to flow through our lives. The Bible instructs us to do that. Uh, every, every believer can manifest all nine of the gifts. So no believer is restricted to just one or two or three. All of us can flow in all nine. Uh, we can be taught in these gifts and trained in these gifts and activated or released to flow in these gifts. And that's what we're doing here on Sunday mornings as we get together. Many times these gifts flow together as gift packs. So sometimes three or four of these gifts just flow together and uh, they all come as a gift pack. And when we see a manifestation of several of them together. And uh, we said the gifts of the Spirit are no indication of spiritual maturity. And the gifts of the Spirit can be manifested anywhere at any time. They are our toolbox. I tell your neighbor, carry a toolbox. You know, so we need to carry a toolbox. There's no point in being an electrician, a very loving electrician, a very mature electrician. But you can't, don't carry a toolbox, you're not going to be able to fix any problem. Amen? You can be as loving as love can be. But it's not going to help if you don't carry a toolbox. So I really want to encourage all of us. You know, we need to walk in love, but we need to carry a toolbox. We need to have the gifts of spirit so we can really uh, meet the needs of people and do what God wants done here on earth. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each one of these gifts and, and really spend time understanding it, stirring it up, and, 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 and just moving in into these gifts. And I, I really want to see a church where all of us are just flowing in the gifts. Amen. So Monday through Saturday, you're out in the week. You know, you're out there. You're prophesying. You're ministering, healing, working miracles, gift of faith is flowing, and things are happening. Amen. I mean, just imagine if all of us are doing that. I believe the time will come and all of us will be doing that. It will happen. Tell a neighbor, it will happen. They, look, they have a look of unbelief, just look the other way. It's okay. <laughs> it's going to happen. But all of us will just be flowing in these gifts, and our city is going to be so affected by this. People said, these people are turning our city upside down. That's what they said about the disciples, and they better soon say that about us as well. Amen. So we're going to talk about the gift of prophecy. We're going to start, about, start talking about the gift of prophecy today. We'll continue it tomorrow and finish it. And now, back in 2005, we had a church camp. Some of you might remember that. We talked about the activating of the gifts, gifts of the Spirit, and we dealt with this. We talked about prophecy. Some of you were there, and you started prophesying there. And, uh, and we've been building up on it, line upon line, layer upon layer. That's, how, that's the way God works. And He just keeps building, adding, adding, adding. And I believe that this morning as we talk about the gift of prophecy, once again, I'm going to repeat some things we already shared before. It's going to be another layer in our, in our growth in this realm as we learn about the gift of prophecy. And sometime later we'll talk about the full prophetic ministry, how that functions, how that operates. But let's talk about the gift of prophecy this Sunday and we'll continue next Sunday. What is prophecy? Prophecy very simply is God 
speaking to man through man. Very simple. God is speaking through man and women to men and women. It's very simple. God speaking to man through man. It's just receiving a message from God and communicating it to somebody. You know, right now, God does have something to say to every person here. He does. Right now. Every person. I don't think anybody will go before God and say, God, I have nothing to tell you. See you later. <laughs> I believe that this moment, God has something very specific to tell each one of us. Something very, re- very relevant. And something that may not necessarily be in, written in the scripture. Because not all of our circumstance, situation right now is in the scripture. Somebody may be going through a difficult time. Somebody may be having decisions to make. Somebody may be thinking about the future. Just so many things. Each one of us are in a different situation. God has a word for all of us. So what is prophecy? It's simply saying, God, what are you saying to this person? And just saying to them what God wants to tell them. It's very simple. Now, do you think God would like to talk to sinners? Yes or no? And I'm sure God would like to because Jesus sat down with sinners and had... So the gift of the Spirit, prophecy, is also for the sinners. Meaning you can say, God, what do you want to tell this person? I know he doesn't come to church. He smells like he's been to hell and back. And whatever, sorry. Bad job. Okay. (laughs) You know, God, you know, this person, he may be a totally bad person, but God does have something to say to that person. So in prophecy, all you're going to do is saying, God, what do you want to say to this person, sinner or not a sinner, and just say that. It just is that simple. So we need to learn about prophecy. Now, what is the purpose of prophecy? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. It says, He who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So when you're prophesying, what you're doing is you are speaking to men. Not speaking to dogs, cows, goats, you see. You're speaking to men. And when you want to practice, you can practice on anything. But the real purpose of prophecy is to prophesy to other human beings. Amen? All right. So, he who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Three things you can bring into somebody's life. You can bring edification. Mean edif- edification means to build up, to build them up, strengthen them. Exhortation means to encourage them. Comfort is to bring consolation. Strength into their time of need. So a prophetic word has such a powerful impact. It brings edification, exhortation, and comfort into people's lives. Simple gift of prophecy does that for people. Now, as you grow in your prophetic experience and your prophetic ministry, God will bring you to a place where you can, uh, uh, as, a, as a prophetic ministry or a, uh, uh, as a major prophet, God, a prophetic word can also bring correction, direction, Revelation, prediction. So correction, if somebody's off in the way and you know, there's something's going wrong, God can use you to correct that person. Say, you know, you're, you're going after that, but that's really not right for you. Don't go there. It's very harmful for you. Come this way. A prophetic word that can bring correction in their life. It can bring direction and confirmation. They're praying about something. God, should I go left? Should I go right? They're praying about it. And you bring the word and it brings direction or confirmation of direction of their life. It can bring a revelation of what God is planning to do. Uh, reveal their character. Reveal their potential. They don't have, there are things in their life they're not aware of. A prophetic word can reveal that to them. And it can bring prediction. It can foretell. Now, I remember many, many years ago, I was in New Jersey at this time. And I'm just going to share a few examples from, from, uh, from my life. Uh, just to let you give you an understanding of how these things work, 
uh, not to, you know, be sensational or anything, but just simple examples. All right, many years ago in New Jersey, I think this uh, probably uh, 98, 99, I think it was around that time. I was just saying, there are times when the prophetic flow just comes in and you're just going prophesying, oh, one after the other, after the other, after the other. You could just prophesy, one after the other. It's just a flow there. So I was, I was in that flow uh, right after a meeting there in New Jersey and I was prophesying. There's a, young, a man who came forward. I'd never seen him before. I've never seen him since. The moment he stood before me, a verse was quickened. Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah 59, 16. This, when, the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Now, so when you're in this flow, and you, 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 you know how to release this word. So I just, as soon as he came, I said, you know, the Lord says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And then I just continue on to say a few more things of what the Lord was saying to him. After the meeting, he came. He said, you know, we've never seen each other before. He came, he said, I've been praying about moving. He was living in New Jersey. I've been praying about moving from New Jersey to another part of South America where he wanted to do ministry, where he felt God was calling him to do ministry. And as he was praying about it, God gave him this very verse as a name for his ministry and as a direction of what God wanted him to do. God had given this to him. And he's praying, God, is this from you? Where do I do? What do I do? And here a total stranger is speaking that exact verse. I mean, what is the probability of picking a verse from this whole Bible? I don't know how many verses are there. And, and pointing that verse in, in a few minutes of meeting a person. I mean, this had to be God. You know? So what, what, what it did was it brought confirmation and it brought a confirmation of direction in his life. I remember several years ago, I think it was 2002, I think we were having a time of ministry in Bilaspur. Uh, it was a conference for pastors and I was teaching on the prophetic. And uh, after this two days, two full days of teaching on the prophetic, the last session, I just started prophesying one after the other over all the pastors. Uh, you're in that prophetic flow. They're all sitting there, just going to one of them, each one of them just prophesying over their lives. And I remember this one pastor. I never known him, but as I was about to prophesy over him, I saw a picture of a village, school, him working with children. And so begin to prophesy and say, the Lord is saying that this is what he's calling you to do. He's calling you to start this school where you're going to minister to all these little children and so on. Never seen him before, never seen him since, know nothing about him. Right after the meeting, he comes and he says, you know, my wife and I, we've been praying, and I, I, he mentioned the period, I don't know, maybe it was a long time, maybe 10 or 15 years. They've been in ministry all this while, and they've been praying, saying, God, should we start this school? Should we start this kind of ministry? And here comes a total stranger, never seen him before, and he describes exactly what they've been praying for. So it brings confirmation, it brings direction into people's lives. Amen? So the prophetic word can be so powerful if you and I will learn how to listen to God and just minister to them. Now, let's just talk a little bit about prophetic growth. And I want you to see the prophetic growth chart. You know, all of us will begin at the very first stage in this gift of prophecy. We will start prophesying to one another, the simple gift of prophecy, hearing from God. And when you start prophesying the first time, you know, you just, uh, you know, you're afraid, God, is it me? Is it my mind? Is it my emotion? Is it the devil? What is it, Lord? And you're just struggling and going through all those emotional things in your mind. Is it me? Is it him? Is who? And uh, then suddenly you just start prophesying and they say, man, that was exactly right. And you get encouraged and you start doing it more and doing it more. And the gift of prophecy begins to flow. And soon what happens, you move from just flowing in the gift of prophecy. You begin to uh, come to a place where you become a prophesying believer. As given, given to us in Romans 12 verse 6. Meaning you are now a believer who is prophesying consistently. 
You're a prophesying believer. You're, that's your function in the body of Christ. Are you all awake? Amen. If your neighbor's asleep, just say, dreams and visions not yet. All right. All right. Okay. So you're in that place where you're, you're, you're in the function. You're, prof you're a prophesying believer. And all of us can begin in the gift of prophecy and move into becoming prophesying believers. It's open for all of us, right? You don't need any special ticket, admission, permission, nothing. All of us can move into it. That's entirely up to us to desire to move into that. And then what happens from there, we transition into a place where we have a prophetic ministry. What is a prophetic ministry? It means that you've now been a prophesying believer for, for quite some time. And people are recognizing that uh, your word is accurate. You're speaking accurate words from God. You're not just speaking things out of your own mind. You're not speaking vicious and insufficient. Uh, but you're bringing the accurate word of the Lord to people. Uh, you're having influence. You're having impact. People recognize you. So now you're moving into that realm of prophetic ministry. And the fact is that all of us can move into prophetic ministry. All of us. And what I want you to keep in mind is that as you're growing into this, uh, into this level, the percentage of your accuracy keeps increasing. There is more and more accurate word from God and less and less word from your own mind. Right? As you keep moving. Now for some of us, God takes us from prophetic ministry into being a mature prophet. Being a prophet in the body of Christ is a call. Because he gave some to be prophets. Right? So not all of us end up there as a mature prophet. But the good news is all of us can move into prophetic ministry. And that's what we want. You know, when Joshua came and complained to Moses... I think it's in Numbers chapter 13. He said, you know, all these people are prophesying. Moses replied and said, would to God that all his servants were prophets. Moses said, hey, you don't know my heart, Joshua. I just want all of God's people to be prophets. And that's our heart for this church. We want everyone here to be having, to move, be having a prophetic ministry. Amen. All of us can. Now, I just want to make a special request. You know, an apple tree never goes around advertising that it is an apple tree. Alright, you got the revelation? <laughs> Let me repeat it again. An apple tree doesn't go around announcing that it is an apple tree. Amen? The point here is this, you know, please, don't go around saying I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm non-prophet. I mean, just forget it. <laughs> just forget it. Let people see your fruit and determine what kind of tree you are. Amen. Forget calling yourself an apostle, a prophet, a non-prophet, whatever. Just forget it. You know, let people see your fruit. Let them see it. They will, you know, when people see your fruit, they'll call you an apple tree. Amen. That's provided you have apple fruit. So forget about saying, I have a prophetic ministry. I am a prophesying believer. These are for us understanding to grow in these things, you know. Forget about putting labels on it. Let's just do it. Let's just move in it. Let's just flow in it. And in due course of time, people will see the fruit of your life and ministry and call you what you really are. For some of us, it will be good. For the others, God help us. No, I'm just joking. Joking, 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 joking. All right. All right. So that's how you grow. And, and, and just let, let, you know, let, the, let your fruit reveal who you really are. And, and you know, there's such a quickening in the spirit these days. There's a real acceleration in the spirit. You know, 10 year, 20 years ago, there wasn't much knowledge, understanding of the prophetic ministry. 
Oh, there'll be that one person there, far, far away. You want to go get a prophecy or go all the way to his house? Far away to get a prophecy. And uh, there was not much understanding. And the people were not able to teach and impart it to others. But today things have changed. Times have changed. There's such a quickening of the spirit. God's people are uh, just receiving all of these things. Are answering the prophetic. Uh, how to flow in the gift. There is so much released to us today. We are actually building on the foundation of the previous generations. We are receiving impartation. We are building on the foundations. So today... A, 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 a person starting up in the gift of prophecy can move into being a prophesying believer and can have a prophetic ministry in a matter of months. They can be in that. Just flowing and people recognize, hey, this person got a prophetic ministry. And why? Because they're, they're, we are building on the foundation of those who have gone before us. They, are leave, they have left behind the anointing. They have left behind the revelation. And we must be wise enough to receive it. Amen. Now, how do we express prophecy, expressing prophecy? There are at least four ways that you can express prophecy. You can speak it. I mean, just say it. And here's another very important revelation. God doesn't speak King James. So you don't have to suddenly change into, thus saith the God, that thou shalt not do it, this thing. At. A person is like, man, what is this guy saying? You know, you say, man, I'm prophesying, you know. You know, God, wherever God is, He just speaks in the language that the people can understand. Amen. It doesn't have to be King James. Just say it in simple, plain English. Amen. You know, so when you're among the teens and twenties, when you say, hey, God says it's really cool, man. Just speak it in their language, you know. So do you mean God uses such terminology? No, you're just communicating in the language of the people what God wants to say. Amen. So just, you know, you just speak it in a language that is simple, uh, that people can understand, that they can relate to. Or you can pray it. You know, there are times when God speaks a prophecy and you might bring it forth in prayer. Maybe it's a corporate prayer, it's a group prayer. Or uh, you may bring it out uh, in personal prayer. You know, not every prophecy is necessarily meant to be spoken to somebody, right? There's a whole dimension called prophetic intercession, and we probably do it when we talk about prophetic ministry. But here is God reveals something to you for you to pray about, not necessarily go and speak to somebody. You know, about, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, I think, or two, three weeks ago, I had a dream one night about, you know, a couple in our church. Look at your neighbor and say, it could be you. Uh, about a couple of church, I woke up in the morning, I knew what the dream was, I knew what it meant. I didn't go and tell them what it was. But I just covered them in prayer. Because if, if that dream was mentioned, then it might be a cause for alarm, a cause for concern, anxiety. But the dream was revealed for a purpose, just pray over that situation. So cover in prayer, take care of it in prayer, job is done. Amen? So sometimes prophecy comes for you to uh, pray over the matter, or sometimes you just pray the prophecy. You might go to, and this is probably the easiest way to start prophesying. You go to somebody and you say, can I pray for you? They say, okay. You say, Lord, I pray for this person. And you begin by just praying. And as you're praying, you will suddenly move into that dimension where you are praying not for things your mind is thinking about, but you start praying for things which the Lord is revealing to you about. Right. So what you're doing, this is prophetic. Prophetic prayer, but you're releasing what you're seeing in prayer. 
right? So you don't have to tell them, the Lord is saying this. You just begin to pray. And Lord, I, I pray for the cancellation of all their debts. They never told you they had debts. But what's happening? You're hearing from God. God is saying, there are debts in the life that I want to cancel. So you're praying that down here. Say, God, I pray that the debts in the life will be canceled. Right? So uh, it's released, prophecy is released through prayer. Or it can be released through song. People like me, who, sorry, not like me, but all the others who can sing. Uh, you can release prophecy through song. So what happens? You know, maybe you're, you're, you're playing up here, you're playing the instruments and, and so on, or maybe it's in a time of personal worship with God, and, and suddenly the, a whole song comes to you. Maybe it's your first line, and you start singing it, and another line comes, another line comes, and, and the music comes with it, and you just start singing the prophecy. Many of the psalms are prophetic songs. Songs that came, which were sung, but they are prophet, prophetic, they are prophecies. Amen? So that's another way you can express prophecy. And lastly, sometimes there are prophetic things that God just wants you to do. You just do it. For example, suppose God just moves on your heart and says, give that person 100 rupees. Now, you can go up to the person and prophesy, God really cares about your need. He knows you have need for 100 rupees. Or you can do it. You can take out 100 rupees and give it to that person. What have you done? You have acted a prophecy. That little act that you've done has spoken a volume to him saying, God cares for you. That act that you did is a message from God to him. God cares for you. I mean, it's more valuable than that hundred rupees. What have you done? You heard a message from God. God says, I want to show that person I really care for him. Give him hundred rupees. So why hundred? Maybe that morning he prayed and said, God, I just need hundred rupees. So it's such prophetic and it has an impact. It, just by you doing that. You didn't say, thus says the Lord, here is 100 rupees. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do anything like that. Just gave it to him and it meant so much. Amen? So you release, can uh, release that. Now let's just talk a little bit here about uh, this whole thing uh, about expressing prophecy. First of all, all of us understand that all can prophesy. All can prophesy. Uh, you look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1, it says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Is the mic going off? So it says, Pursue love. So who is, how many people are supposed to walk in love? 50% of the Christians? Let me hear you. When the Bible says, Pursue love, how many Christians, how many believers are supposed to walk in love? All. So the implication in verse 1 is, all of you pursue love. All of you desire spiritual gifts. All of you especially desire to prophesy. It will be very incorrect to say, all of you walk in love, but some of you desire to prophesy. It's very incorrect to do that. Because the... By implication, it says, all of you pursue love. All of you pursue love. So that means all of you must also desire spiritual gifts, and all of you must also desire to prophesy. So all of us can prophesy. All of us can bring a word from God. Look at verse 5 of that same chapter. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5 says, I wish you, what's the next word? All. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you, 
prophesy. Again, implication is all. I wish you all spoke in tongues. And so it will be safe to say, I wish you all prophesied. And then verse 31, Paul says there, For you can all prophesy, one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So all of us can prophesy. In fact, as I said two weeks ago, all of us can manifest and flow in all nine of the gifts of the Spirit. All of us can do that. We just have to learn to desire and, and learn how to flow in them. So all of us can prophesy. Now, second thing we must understand is we prophesy in part. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, We know in part and we prophesy in part. See, we must understand this verse. It's very important because many of us put ourselves in undue pressure to prophesy everything about the other person. God, he's coming to me. God, give me his birthday. Give me his cell phone number. Tell me when he was born, where he was born. Tell me everything, everything, everything. God, I must tell him everything. No. The Bible says we know in part we prophesy in part. So if God gives you two pieces of information, be happy. That's the way it's supposed to work. You know in part you prophesy in part. Just release those two pieces. Don't add four. And, you know. Just release. We know in part we prophesy in Part. So take the pressure of yourself that you have to give them A to Z about their life. You don't have to do it. The Bible says you know in part, you prophesy in part. So whichever part God reveals, be faithful in delivering that part. Don't add to it and don't hold back. Number three, all prophecy must be judged. All prophecy must be judged. We are learning how to hear from God and bring the word of God accurately to people. We must judge it before we deliver it. And the person hearing it must also judge that word. Is it an accurate word? Is it a right word? Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and 29 uh, talks about corporate prophecy. Uh, in the corporate setting, here's what, here the instruction. It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. So in a corporate setting, when people are prophesying to the, to the whole uh, gathering, two or three prophets, you prophesy one by one, let the others judge. Meaning, is this guy right? Is it right? Or is he speaking from the top of his head? Or, you know, just making stuff up. So you've got to judge prophecy. Again, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, the Bible says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things and hold on to what is good. So don't despise prophecies. You're a prophesier. Oh, I'm staying far away from you. No, don't do that. Because the Bible says don't despise prophecies. But it says test everything and hold on to what is good. That means all prophecy must be tested. You can't just swallow anything that somebody prophesies over your life. Why? Because although the giver of the gift is perfect, God is perfect. And although the gift itself is perfect, the vessel through whom it comes is not perfect. Right? So, for example, you know, let's say somebody's trying to prophesy. They see this man coming. He's wearing a nice suit. And I said, man, he must be a good businessman. Let me tell him something about his business. All right? So he comes forward. And immediately your mind is at work. Because you see him nicely dressed, looks like a businessman, smells like a businessman, everything. And you're waiting. God, give me a word. And God tells you, tell him, that uh, he's so concerned about his wayward son and that I am going to uh, touch his son's life. 
Now that's a word from God. So you say, you know, the Lord says, uh, you've been very concerned about your son and your son has been very wavered, but God is, wants to assure you and give you the assurance that he will arrest your son. He will touch your son. Your son will come back to you. You will see a son uh, saved and changed totally. So you've given the accurate burden. But now you say, God, that's not enough. I need to give him some more. So God has finished speaking, but you continue. And the Lord says that he is going to bless your business. Your business will multiply and increase. And next year you'll have a new car. And the Lord says that your wife will get a job. What have you done? You've started with a very good word, an accurate word from God. But because you're not happy with a short prophecy, you feel that every time you prophesy, it has to be minimum five minutes. So you fill the remaining four minutes with your own masala. Now, if this person is not careful, he's going to believe the whole thing, whole five minutes. But really, that only the first one minute was really from God. Are you listening? So all prophecy has to be judged. It has to be tested. And uh, we'll talk about how to test prophecy and apply prophecy next Sunday. Uh, uh, but, you know, it has to be that the Bible says, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Every prophecy must be Got to test it. If it's not right, it says hold on to what is good. That means what is not good, don't hold on to what is not good. Amen? You have scriptural authority to put it in the dustbin. Amen? The Bible says don't hold on to what is good. So, it's so important that prophecy must be tested. We'll talk a little bit about the next Sunday. The next thing we need to understand is uh, how and when you deliver the messages in your control. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, and the 32nd verse, uh, it says that the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So how and when you deliver this word is entirely in your control. Right? You don't have to, in the middle of the service, you know, when everybody's worshiping God, suddenly go, yeah, 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 that says the Lord, you know, and suddenly roll on the floor and, you know, make a big racket and you don't have to do all that. Somebody comes and says, what happened? He said, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. Say, well, now I'll... <laughs> you don't have to do all that. It is in your control. The Spirit of the prophet, the inspiration that the prophet has, is in the control of the prophet. The prophetic move is in the control of the prophet. It's in your control. You can decide when and you can decide how to release it. Amen. So understand it's entirely up to how you present it. And it's so important to present prophetic words accurately, correctly. Proverbs 25 verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Apples of gold in settings of silver, I don't really know what it means. But I think what it says is, a, a, a word that is spoken right is very valuable. Amen? It's very valuable. It has, it's so important to really speak the word correctly. And number five, don't be too hasty to use, thus says the Lord. You know, sometimes we go around, everyone saying, everybody's saying, you know, thus says the Lord, the Lord says, the Lord is saying. God is wondering, did I really say that? Oh, when did I say that? You know, I have your Holy Spirit going, saying, thus says the Lord, the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord says. And you know, God said, man, I didn't say that. So be very careful when you say, thus says the Lord. It's much better to say, you know, I sense that, I sense the Lord would say to you. Because then you're allowing that person 
to judge whether you're really right or wrong. But when you say the Lord says, who is he to argue with you? God is saying. Right? It's always better to say, I sense the Lord might be saying this to you, would be saying to you. Now, when you come to a place of strong prophetic ministry and you're in the office of a prophet, then when you say, thus says the Lord, you know, we know that you have tried this. You've, you know, you've called this number a thousand million times. You've, you're very accurate in hearing the voice of God and there can be no error or very, very, very marginal error. But until we all come to that place in the simple gift of prophecy as a prophesying believer in the early stage of prophetic ministry, it's better to say, I sense the Lord saying this. Because you're allowing that person to judge what you're saying. Right? And you're very, very respectful of the thus says the Lord. And prophecy can flow along with other gifts. What I want to quickly do in the next few moments is just to talk, a quick, talk about very quickly on the power or impact of the prophetic word. You know, you say, well, you know, what's the point of me trying to hear from God and speak words into people's lives? What's the point? I mean, what will it do? Can't I just tell them to read the Bible? It's got lots of words from God in it already. I mean, what is the power or the impact of the prophetic word? I want to quickly give you some of these things here. Uh, number one, the prophetic word, as we said earlier, it brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. You know, when somebody is going through a very difficult time in their life and you, you bring a word and you have no idea what they're going through and you bring a word that is accurate, it's right from God about the situation, it can bring so much comfort, so much strength, and so much encouragement in their lives. It can just be powerful. Just, just stir them up, encourage them. Because they know that God is, is, is very aware of the situation and God is using you to bring that word to them. Number two, the prophetic word reveals one's true character and potential. You know, sometimes there are, a lot, there are the people who have no idea about the potential that is in them. They think, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mount anything. I'll just attend church and just listen to all the sermons and go home. They have no idea about their potential. But a prophetic word from God can reveal God's potential for that person. Saying, God is saying, you know, that he's, this and this and this is going to come through your life. And, Whoa. I never thought of it. Yeah, but it's revealing your potential. You know, showing that this is what God can do through your life. The prophetic word brings a revelation of the plans and purposes of God, providing confirmation and direction. So somebody's praying about something. And saying, God, what should I do? Or maybe, uh, God, maybe this is the direction I'm going to go. Uh, uh, give me confirmation, God. And God uses somebody to bring a prophetic word. Somebody who doesn't know about their situation. Who doesn't know what they're praying about. They bring the word and it brings confirmation in their life. It can show them that this is the direction. This is the way you need to go. Amen. Uh, the prophetic word can stir up and cause a release of faith to believe God for the supernatural. Some, you know, there are times when people are in a very difficult situation. They don't know what to do. And you, and you bring a word from God saying, do this. And when they do it, it brings the supernatural into their life. Several examples in the Old Testament when this widow at Zarephath, she was getting ready to make her last meal, ready to die. I mean, eat and die. And here comes Prophet Elijah and he says, you know, thus says the Lord, go prepare a meal, but bring some for me. And the Lord says, if you'll do this, your jar of oil and your flour will continue to multiply until the famine goes. 
So prophetic word, when acted upon, brought the supernatural into this woman's life. So many times you just bring one word, a prophetic word into somebody's life, they act upon it and it takes them into the realm of miracles, experiencing miracles in their life. Number five, the prophetic word brings motivation and strength to carry, the, carry out the purposes and the plan of God. So sometimes people are discouraged in serving God. You know, they've been working hard and they're not seeing fruit and maybe very little fruit. They're very discouraged. A classic example is that in the book of Ezra. The scriptures are on the screen. Uh, Ezra the chapter 4, the last part of Ezra chapter 4, chapter 5, verse 1, chapter 6, verse 15. And, uh, what happened here is that the Jews had come back to Jerusalem. Uh, they began rebuilding the temple. But they faced opposition and they quit. They gave up building the temple. And uh, for a long time, maybe like close to, I think it was 13 years, they didn't do anything. There was a word from God that they have to build the temple, but they didn't do anything. They're just sitting there. So what happened? God raised up two prophets, Zechariah and Haggai. And they come and they prophesy to these people. Haggai says, you know, go up, bring the wood and build my temple and I will fill it with my glory. And Zechariah prophesies, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so what happened? The prophetic word comes and the, and the people are encouraged. They're revived to get, in, get on with the work of God. They're motivated to do the work of God and they complete building the temple. So the prophetic word has the power to, you know, to rekindle the fire, to rekindle zeal, to motivate people to go and complete, uh, to carry out the purpose of God. A few more things here. The prophetic word brings correction, restoration, and preservation. A classic example is that of King David. He sinned with Bathsheba. He covered it very nicely. He thought nobody knew about it. And here comes Nathan the prophet, sent by God. And he says, King David, excuse me. So by a prophetic word, he exposes David and brings and restores, bring, brings David to a place of repentance and restoration before God. So a prophetic word can bring that, can bring correction, restoration, and preservation. Number seven, uh, the prophetic word causes conviction, repentance, and a turning to God. You know, First uh, Corinthians 14, 24, and 25, powerful scriptures. If you have, uh, let's just turn there before we close. First uh, Corinthians 14, 24, and 25. The Bible talks about how the prophetic word can impact an unbeliever. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter, verses uh, 24 and 25. It says, verse 24, and 25 that if all prophesy how many all i mean imagine if this was a church but everybody was man knew how to flow in prophecy this will happen in our church just be ready if all people in all people's church prophesy and an unbeliever or a seeker comes in or an uninformed person comes in he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. You know, I believe this is the true seeker-sensitive church. So what do you mean? When seekers, uninformed people come in, somebody gets them and prophesies to them, reveals the secrets of their heart, and without question, they fall on the ground and say, God is among you. I'm ready to be saved. Amen. This is a seeker-sensitive church. They know how to lead seekers to the Lord through the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And this is what we should be. You know, the prophetic word can lead a person to the Lord in a moment, in a hurry. 
can hurry up and get saved. When somebody says, you know, they come into the service, and you know, you're, you're, you're trained to flow in the prophetic, and uh, <clears throat> you're just sitting with them, you're praying, they're sitting next to you, and you're, you, know, you know he's the first person. Why? Because when we welcomed them, he stood up. And as soon as he stood up, you start praying in your heart, saying, God, give me a word for this person. God, give me a word for this person. I need to bring a word for him. And the Lord says, you know, just tell him that uh, he's going through a real financial problem. And, and uh, he's going to. So as soon as he sits down, you say, uh, welcome to all people's church. Uh, are you going through a financial problem? <laughs> we don't do this there. I'm just kind of illustrating. <laughs> we should be doing stuff like this, you know. I said, are you going through a financial problem? He says, yeah, how do you know? Yeah, I just felt the Lord saying, can I pray for you? And as you start praying, more prophetic words come. And in a hurry, if he's not saved, he'll get saved. Amen. Are you all getting this? Yes. And this is the kind of church we must be. A church where all of us are just flowing in this, where even if the unbeliever comes in, they get saved. Or on the other hand, you can take it to the streets. When you go out, you meet people on the streets, and you get a chance to meet an unsaved person, say, God, give me a word of knowledge. Reveal, show me, reveal something of his heart to me, God. And God gives you a word, and you bring it out. It brings conviction, and they receive the Lord. Amen? Very powerful. And lastly, the prophetic word can transform a group, a community, a city, or a nation. The prophetic word is very powerful. It has a transforming, reforming effect. God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, He said, I put my word in your mouth. And my word in your mouth, it will root out, it will pull down, it will destroy. And it will build and it will plant. So a prophetic word, when you speak a prophetic word, it has a powerful effect. Either on an individual, either on a group, either on a city, either on a community or a nation. When you release a prophetic word, it will transform the entire spiritual atmosphere. Amen. That's the power that is there in the prophetic word.